This episode is brought to you by Vin Italy International Academy, the toughest Italian wine program. 1,000 candidates have produced 262 Italian wine ambassadors to date. Next courses in Hong Kong, Russia, New York, and Verona. Think you make the cut? Apply now at vinitalyinternational.com. Thanks for tuning into my new show, Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People. I'm Steve Ray, author of the book, How to Get U.S. Market Ready. And in my previous podcast, I shared some of the lessons I've learned from 30 years in the wine and spirits business, helping brands enter and grow in the U.S. market. This series will be dedicated to the personalities who have been working in the Italian wine sector in the U.S., their experiences, challenges, and personal stories. I'll uncover the roads that they walked, shedding light on current trends, business strategies, and their unique brands. So, thanks for listening in, and let's get to the interview. Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Italian Wine Podcast, Get U.S. Market Ready with Italian Wine People. I'm Steve Ray, and my guest this week is Gabriella Di Clemente. Gabriella, welcome to the show. Hi, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. So nice to reconnect again. Yeah, so for our listeners, uh, I've known Gabriella in a couple of uh, manifestations, but I'll let her tell her short biography and, uh, and then we'll continue the interview. Great. Yeah. So thank you so much. I, let's say in these past six years since I moved to Italy, have created a, a career in internationalization of the promotion of Made in Italy, specifically its know-how and let's say it's Made in Italy excellence and its pillars when it comes to sectorial know-how. Um, so I started off within the food and beverage wine industry and I worked together with Stevie Kim at Vinitaly International for, for, for quite a while. And then I moved from Vinitaly International to a, a media group in Parma where I did the promotion of Italian food companies mainly in that regard. And then following that, I have recently been offered a position as the head of the Global MBA at the Bologna Business School, which you well know. And there again, it's about promoting the Made in Italy excellence. And so it's been an interesting interesting ride, but really tr- trying to create a career in project management. So, so and there's, there's another connection with uh, Bologna Business School. You were a student there. Correct. Yes, exactly. So I actually graduated from the from the Bologna Business School. Um, I was part of the academic year of 2014-15, where I did the global MBA and I did the course, you know, food and wine, the the track-specific course, which the Bologna Business School is very well known for having a global MBA, but then specifying you know, into different tracks of Made in Italy Excellence. And then following that experience, that's when I first got the opportunity to then work with Stevie and then move on to the other opportunities that I've had in my project management career. And there's another connection with Bologna Business School. I do a lecture there every year in the food and wine track. And I started actually the year after um, Gabriella left. But uh, it's been a real fun uh, experience and getting to know the business school and uh, seeing the students learn and grow. And Gabrielle is one of the uh, successful case histories of that. So let's go back and, and talk a little bit about BBS first and what the mission is of, of BBS and your perspective on how that may be changing or adapting to life in the COVID era? Well, um, yeah, that's actually very interesting because I think definitely the the Bologna Business School, it's a relatively new business school. Um, It's only that of 20 years old, although it is connected to the University of Bologna, which as you know, the University of Bologna is is the oldest university in the world. So we're all all very proud of that. Now, the Bologna Business School is, as a relatively new business school, has grown within these 20 years. And 
I think what I've seen, you know, that's very that's been quite an, an amazing an amazing experience that I've I specifically and personally have had is that when I did the course in 2014 and 15, it was a you know it was a relatively small sort of group of of, of students that I would you know, I would see, and since then it's grown into into a business school that is recognized all over the world. And obviously with regards to the pandemic, there has been some obviously struggles with regards to ensuring that students can come still and have an on-presence experience because we believe obviously within the education that on-presence experience is very, very important. So I think COVID has kind of made us adapt into hybrid learning environment, which perhaps is, um, I think, Different. It's a different learning experience to what perhaps I had when I was, you know, on campus 24-7. Having said this, though, we are now moving back towards on-presence and we're doing everything in presence again. So we're really, we're really moving towards back to having everything everything again in person. So it's last the last two years, I think, have been difficult in that sense, but the school's adapted amazingly. Most of the students are international, and as you can tell from Gabriella's accent, she is not Italian. Yes, yes. I'm South, I'm South African. Yes, exactly. So what, what prompted you to move to Italy in the first place? Well, actually, um, I in, when I was in South Africa, I have a Bachelor of Arts and I majored in Italian and international relations because I'm actually of Italian heritage. And then I did a postgraduate diploma in business management at the Witz Business School. So I come from Johannesburg. So I studied at the University of Atwaterstrand. And then I moved on to the Witz Business School, uh, which is the business school associated to the University of Atwaterstrand. And then I worked for a company where I did front of house sort of catering events, private events where I would bring chefs to chefs to people's homes. And it was an Italian South African company, very well known in the restaurant industry back at home. And I worked a lot with Italian food and wine and was very passionate with regards to sort of creating a career in terms of what this meant what 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 was Italian food and wine? What, you know, where did it come from, etc. So I had a look, I always wanted to do an MBA and I had a look and I Google search, and I found the, the 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 global MBA in food and wine at the Bologna Business School. So that made me then, you know, move to Italy at, in September of 2014 and pursue pursue the the MBA, pursue the course, and then from there pursue my my, my career. Cool. Okay. So now you're at BBS. What are your goals there, both at the school and 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 your involvement in uh, the Italian wine industry? And I, I make a point that it's the food and wine track, so it's not. Ex- exclusively a wine thing. Obviously, Italy's big in food, everything from Parma ham to, you know, uh, bologna. Bologna. <laughs> so what, what what are you trying to do at, at BBS? Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, I, I have seen exceptional growth um, at BBS. And I feel that obviously the track specialization courses that the Global MBA offers, because it doesn't only offer food and wine, it offers also other courses to name design, fashion and luxury goods, supercars, superbikes and motorsports green energy and sustainable businesses, as well as automation and robotics. So it's all your Italian pillar know-how, sectorial specific know-how that Italy is very, very well known for. And I haven't seen other business schools that offer something similar. So my goal really is to increase the visibility of the course offerings and increase the visibility of these course offerings worldwide. And obviously then hopefully leading to ensuring that the master becomes, you know, much more well-known than it already is. Cool. Okay. One of the points you made was you've seen a growth in um, Italy in terms of the internationalization of the wine industry. It's certainly always been a large part of the, the U.S. market, but still in all, I think the, the, the point of departure for you and, and uh, I suspect, but certainly me, is working with Stevie Kim, who's kind of been the visionary 
very innovator creator of a lot of these things in Italy International Academy, uh, which they're bringing to uh, Moscow again in live this year, which is, is kind of interesting. So you worked for Stevie and then then you here at, at BBS, you have a very different perspective uh, from, from it as a student and, and then having the influence of Stevie applied to what you're doing. Now, uh, for our listeners, Stevie's the uh, really creator of the concept of the Italian Wine Podcast, so that's why we're spending so much time thinking about her. But tell me about what her influence was on you? Well, I think having my opportunity to start off my internship because I did my actual BBS uh, Global MBA in Food and Wine internship with Stevie. And then I moved from the internship and I, I, pursued, a, I pursued a couple of years with her. And I've, I really found that her outtake on promoting Italian wine abroad uh, was just different to what I had ever seen. And I think how she is able to ensure that, um, you know, the Italian wine industry is world-renowned is, is, is very impressive because she took a... Um She's taken an international outlook, I, th I think, on on what the Italian wine industry means, and also aiding the you know the, the vineyards in understanding what it means to export and aiding the vineyards not only you know in promotion and storytelling, but sort of giving an idea of what it actually means to to be able to sell wines abroad. So I think that I, I saw a lot of I saw a lot of effort that we had put into obviously creating that that opportunity for for Italian wine brands and had fantastic opportunities where I did a lot of um, exhibitions where I did Italian I did um, Vinitly Hong Kong I was the project manager for Italy Hong Kong so I saw a lot of interest in different markets Canada as well in the excellent sort of um, markets where a lot of where a lot of where a lot of Italian wine consumers you know are appreciating more what it actually what Italian wine actually Actually means and then it's not just a wine from Tuscany or a wine from Piemonte that there's actually stories behind the vineyards well okay so take take that point uh, further and I'll ask a broad question then I'll dig a little bit deeper into to uh, what is your perspective on how Italians in the wine industry are viewed in the United States I know you haven't spent a whole lot of time here but you have the perspective from being over there I have some comments on it but I want to hear what you have to say before I influence that well I don't think it's changed I don't think it's you know Italian wine industry from a US market perspective is very much different to, to anywhere else where I've seen. Because I really do think that um, Italian wine consumers or Italian wine, is see, the brands are seen as, let's say, a region instead of the actual vineyard or the actual story, as I said earlier, of the actual, of the actual company itself. So, for example, I mean, Italian wine, there are over however many varieties, there are over 300, even more, 400 varieties from when it comes to Italian wine grapes um, in Italy. So I think it's more about how one needs to educate the markets abroad. And I do feel that the, the markets in general, and not only the US, see Italian wine as regions. Um, and I think, I think Stevie does an excellent job in trying to, in trying to um, you know, make it more about the vineyard. Okay, so the, the the flip side of that is, and I've had a lot of experience working uh, and talking with individual Italian wineries. For the most part, they're farmers, you know, except for the the big either the co-ops or which are basically f uh, farmers, but you know, and their differences in some of the bigger um, export brands like. Banffy and some others, but for the most part, they're farmers. And even if they have traveled to the U.S., it's still very much a foreign country. And what I find is a real lack of understanding of 
the, the, the realities of how the U.S. market works. And so there's a tendency for them to say, no, I, I want to sell my brand in the U.S. And their worldview is I will sell it to an importer and the importer will take on the responsibility. As you know, and I certainly know and deal with every day, uh, that's not the case. And that's evolved or devolved, I suppose, down to uh, the burden of marketing and promoting your brand is on the supplier. How to educate Italian producers on how to, you know, participate in the U.S. market from a perspective of growing up on a farm? Look, I I don't have a lot of expertise in that regard, but I mean, because I just I think though it's very much based on helping Italian wine uh, vineyards understanding that um, it's more about them that they need to speak about and not only um, and about their story and why you know the their grapes you know grow in a specific way or in which mountain why what are the weather conditions that that inter you know influence influence their wine um, and I think wine consumers in general now are more looking towards an Italian brand as to why it is that Italian brand and why is that Italian brand so well known. So I think it's more about, you know, aiding and, and bridging the, the gap between what they experience on a daily basis and being able to actually take that abroad, perhaps with international know-how or with, with somebody that's able to perhaps give them guidance in, in, in how to market their, um, market their brands accordingly. Okay. So uh, recently, uh, one, one of the uh, students from the first year I taught was Akintola Temitopa. I don't know if you know him. Yes, I do. Yes, yes, yes. He's from Zonia. He works with Zonia. Yep. And uh, he, he just did a clubhouse interview with Stevie, which I thought was really interesting. But to look at the world of wine from the perspective of a pro very progressive African country. Exactly. It, it's an entirely different world than the one I come from and certainly the one you come from, because obviously South Africa has a, has a long wine history on its own. To me, it was interesting listening to Demi and, and the perspective on the Italian wine industry from a country where there's a lot more wine growth to happen. You're from Africa. Can you comment on that? You know, I, you can't just say one country, Nigeria or Kenya or South Africa is definitive of a whole continent, but give us an African perspective, if you will. I think, you know, um, I'm very passionate about the African continent and I think the African continent is is growing. Um, I think a lot of uh, specific, you know, certain countries are also growing within their GDP. And just to name a few, I mean, Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya, South Africa are all very much, you know, um, countries that have the capability of spending. And a lot of people, I think, are now also wanting, you know, the, those luxury brands. And I do feel that perhaps an Italian wine is seen as a luxury sort of element, um, but uh, the Africans are now sort of also is a market, I feel, that is is, is not yet is not yet ready, but I feel that within the next couple of years, it's definitely to, something to keep an eye on because there, there, is, there is the spending power um, there. And I do feel that a lot of people are now also wanting to get into sort of that, that same sort of, um, you know, element of buying, of buying luxury Italian brands and not only wine, but, you know, design, luxury when it, when it comes to 
close as well. So it's 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 looking it's looking it's looking good for the African market. I really do think that it's something to something to keep an eye out for. One of the differences I see, well, obviously in the home country of Italy, Italian wine and food naturally go together. In the U.S., the most popular type of restaurant is Italian food, and obviously Italian wine is natural fit there. The food in in Africa in each of those countries that you just mentioned is is very different, and within within any given country is very different. Where is the popularity of Italian food and how does Italian wine fit into the uh, food scene in some of these countries? Well, I think the popularity at the moment is is definitely with South Africa. I can I can say that obviously as a as a as a child of an Italian immigrant um, because my father came out to South Africa in the 70s but before that even my grandfather on my mother's side um, came out in the early 20s. So there was a lot of Italian immigration to South Africa, not as much as the United States or Canada or even Australia, but there is a certain amount of Italian uh, in the Italian community back at home. And um, there is a understanding and there's a, it is a fantastic restaurant scene, specifically within Cape Town as well. And there is the understanding that, of Italian food and wine even though South Africa itself has a very strong wine industry. So I do think that South Africa, is there's a lot of space there. Um, obviously, it's different in terms of uh, how one would react to import and exportation from the, U- the US, because obviously everybody in each country has their own regulations. But I do think that there is definitely space to grow. And then the other African countries, I do feel, are following on that and following on that trend that they see in South Africa. Okay. So back to BBS. Is the focus on BBS on, on Western, you know, European and, and United States in terms of, uh, you know, the, the where the business is going to grow, where the students are going to go to work for companies and so forth? Or is it more international than that? No, no, it's definitely more international. Um, we do obviously also have a, a big African intake, speaking of Africa. BBS has is, is also growing within an international sort of outlook, not only from a U.S. perspective, but also in Europe. Italy itself, a lot of Italian candidates are now looking at doing the Global MBA because a lot of our companies that we work with are obviously companies that are based in the in the, in the the National Valley. So with all the Italian pillars that I had mentioned earlier about the Italian excellence, a lot of the companies that we work with are Italian. So our program advisory committees for each concentration are Italian companies that may have international brands. So you might have an Italian company that then has a, a branch in Dubai, but um, it is very much working towards more of an international outlook and our students that do the global MBA, because as we said earlier, it is a, a full-time English taught um, taught course, whereas obviously other courses at the Bologna Business School are also in Italian because we offer we offer different masters. So we only don't we only don't offer just the global MBA. There's the executive masters, we have the full-time masters, um, as well as also open and customized programs, which are also taught in Italian. Um, so uh, having said that we, we are now seeing at the Global MBA a huge intake from international companies. And a trend this year I saw was also from South America, which is also very interesting. So a lot of, you know, Argentina, Chile, all of those, all of those candidates are coming through to Italy. One of the things I noticed when I've had the uh, privilege of lecturing there is the, the business school itself. Well, well, the university is old and, and um, historically has been in, call it downtown Bologna, old, old Bologna. The business school is at a palazzo that some cardinal, I believe, had in the 1500s. And the contrast of speaking in a room or giving a class in a room, when you look up at the ceiling and there's frescoes on the ceiling and timbers from the 1500s, and coming down from that is a projector 
um, onto a screen <laughs> that's capturing my PowerPoints where I'm looking at the students and there's this old giant fireplace and all that. This contrast of, of, of old and new is kind of interesting. And what I found particularly um, exciting was the quality level of the students, the engagement with the subject, you know, and and as much as I would like to think that it's my presentation, I think is more the, the subject area than it is me. But I thought the students were really engaged in the perspective of having worked in the world and then coming back. So most of them were like, you know, in their late 20s, generated some really, really good conversations that I really haven't seen in a lot of places. And in fact, when I was at Wine to Wine in October, a bunch of the students that we, the students that we worked with virtually were there. And it was really exciting to see them and hear some of the programs they they've got going. Do you stay in touch with any of the students that you were peers with and, and where have they gone? Yes, I absolutely do. Um, a couple of uh, people have actually stayed in, in Italy. Actually, a friend of mine, a colleague, she did the design, fashion and luxury goods track and now she's in Dubai. So she's working for Bulgari in Dubai. So she did very well. Was that Bulgari the jeweler or Bulgari the wine region? No, Bulgari the, the jeweler. So did the design, fashion, and luxury goods track, yeah. And another girl went through to through to back to New York. She was American, and now she's working for Coco Chanel from the design, fashion, and luxury goods side of things. A lot of the food and wine kids, uh, we kind of either went onto the entrepreneurial side because um, a lot of a lot of guys that from food and wine um, went back home. A couple of South African girls, um, she went back home, and she she carried on with her with her own with her own um, company within the food and wine industry. So I think. What the Bologna Business School also tends to allow you to understand is how to create your own career and being able to network accordingly in order to ensure that you enjoy and, and, and pursue what you love. And I think that I specifically learned, you know, I took I took the knowledge, I took the know-how from the from the MBA general management and management skill courses. So your your nitty-gritty normal general MBA courses, and I took the knowledge of the food and wine. Um, industry track specific sort of concentrations, as well as the networking that we got to do with the leaders, because we got a lot of leadership talks and interaction with practitioners, because we interact with the with the University of Bologna's faculty, but not only with the University of Bologna's faculty, also practitioners within the industry, as well as visiting professors from all over the world. So it really does give such an open, such an, an amazing opportunity to sort of launch your career in the direction that you want to take it. Mm, okay. Let's turn the question into one of practicality. There's a lot of, uh, you know, the, the U.S. market, it dates back to, you know, the end of Prohibition in 1933, and a lot of antiquated and archaic uh, rules, regulations, and kind of structures that have evolved because of that. How do you find the idea of a business school education is perceived in the Italian wine industry? And I want to focus on the wine side as it is now. I'm sure you've talked with a lot of the graduates. You know, Temi works for uh, Zonine and there's others who have gone to work for other um, companies. So what's your point of view on that? Well, I think it's very much based on the, the reality of the Italian winery and how they are approaching sort of international objectives and internationalization in general. Because obviously you have your, your bigger wineries that aren't as, you know, sort of stuck in an Italian mindset. Perhaps that's 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 what we're looking at. Whereas where you have maybe your small to medium sized wineries that are still very much you know um, within a national a national basis, and I think in in the objective for smaller to medium sized wineries to grow on an international on an international scale, um, they need perhaps more understanding of what 
the markets are um, and perhaps it's perhaps a lack of understanding and I don't think it's a don't think it's an educational thing at all no it's just perhaps just a lack of understanding as to what is expected in other markets and I feel that when when the Italian wineries are trying to trying to sort of embrace new markets one needs to perhaps actually understand the the, the U.S. market or the the African continent continental market, or, or the or the Chinese market, in in very much detail in order to then have a successful exporting strategy. Okay, so <clears throat> that's where Via comes in, Vinitaly International Academy, Stevie's thing, and um, she's taken upon her herself and her organization to promote Italian wines internationally. The the people who participate and attend that though are what I would call wine geeks, you know, cork dorks, people who are really super into that, who who, you know, would know what Falangina and, and Greco de Tufo is, where most Americans would would not know that. So are we uh are is is the Italian wine industry as a whole, and then they had BBS and um Stevie's organization in Verona being practical in exporting the wine industry to just the uh, you know the wine geeks. Well, no, I think what BBS specifically is obviously aiding, I think, international talent to understand the market. And then for those that obviously have the passion for the sector already, are then able to understand the market specifically and then take that knowledge and, and as I said earlier, make 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 a career out of out of what they learn from BBA. So I think the Bologna Business School is very much aiding talent to in, interact with these with these companies um, if obviously then um, students are wanting to stay. So I think definitely from that from that perspective there is there is a, a great sort of um, opportunity opportunity for, for, for students to really gain more knowledge. Okay. Um, one of the, my, yeah, that, that's fine. One of my objectives in doing this interview is, is to help recruit students to attend. So publicity about uh, BBS is, is, is kind of important. I also wanted to, to give a shout out to Ludovica Leon and Barbara Biondi, who are on the staff there and have helped shaped a lot of what this, what this is. So uh, thank you, to Gabriella, we'll be able to say goodbye in a moment, but here's kind of the, the, the final question I ask all my interviewees. What's the big takeaway from this conversation? What's the one practical thing somebody who is listening to this can either put to use immediately or factor into their um, world or business life? Well, that I honestly think that uh, the Italian wine industry is a, a very, very complex and an amazing industry to 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 get into, and I think people that are wanting to pursue that um, can use the Bologna Business School's Global MBA in Food and Wine to help them get there. Great, and if you do, there's a good chance I'll see you there. So, uh, so I want to do a big shout out, thank you to Gabriella for uh, participating in this week's edition of the Italian Wine Podcast. So, if people want to get in touch with you, Gabriella, can you give us your email and your social handles? Yes, absolutely, sure. So, I'm on LinkedIn as Gabriella De Clemente. Um, so that's you know people can search me on LinkedIn, um, and my email address is Gabriella at bbs.unibo.it. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. I've known you in a couple of different points in your life, and it's, it's really interesting to to see where you are now. BBS has become kind of an important part of my life too, which is kind of cool. So it's been an evolution. Thank you for sharing your time. Pleasure. Thank you, Steve. It's been lovely being here. Thank you very much. This is Steve Ray. Thanks again for listening on behalf of the Italian Wine Podcast.
guys, I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.